Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel, and I am joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Uh, good Thanks, to be here, David. brother. Good to awesome, be here. awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and be those world changers we're called to be? Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Holy Spirit, please come, come into this time here in the studio. Come into the cars and offices and homes of all those listening. Holy Spirit, please enlighten us. Open our hearts to receive your truth, to receive the messages that you want to give us, to receive the challenges and encouragement. Holy Spirit, thank you for being present. Dear Lord, we love you. Thank you for the gift of your word, the gift of, of, of your love letter to us. Help us as we prepare for Sunday Mass, for, for this gospel that we will encounter then, uh, that we will encounter you now through this gospel. Please bless us, protect us, guide us, and draw us ever closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. Again, it's Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 1 to 3 and 11 to 32. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, Give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to a farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill from the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him, and his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fatted calf and slaughter it. 
then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field. On his way back, he neared the house. He heard the sounds of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, What might this mean? The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I've served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fatted calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Well, would I uh, celebrate at the returning of a sinner, a mass murderer, a drug dealer, somebody that really did a heinous crime? Would I truly celebrate that they came to the Lord? Or would I still hold unforgiveness? Would I still hold anger? Would I still be in an incorrect place in my own heart? You know, I like to look at it as God always brings sinners into my life to reveal my sin. You know, these Pharisees and scribes, they're the older brother. They're the older brother. It was the tax collectors and the, and the sinners who drew near to Christ. The other guys, the Pharisees and scribes, they knew the word, but they didn't live it. They knew it in their head, but they didn't live it out of their heart in unconditional love. So for me, it's a constant purgation and processing, purging from me anything that's not of the Lord and perfecting in me anything that is. Because, you know, I just had a situation happen uh, last week, and these people really attacked me and hurt my heart. And the Lord's like, what I'd like you to do, David, is I want, to take, want you to take each one by name, and I want you to pray a rosary, rosary in earnest for each of them by name because they are my sons, they are my daughters, and they are lost, and they need healing, not judgment, not condemnation. And when the Lord told me that, I'm like, wow, each one by name. But I knew the power in that, the greatest gift that I can give them is not anger, not retaliations, not complaining, is the power of prayer and the gift of the rosary. And I, and I think you answered the question. I was noodling in my in, in my mind as you were sharing, especially about the celebrate and rejoice in your, you know, the examples you gave are the mass murder. It's like that person out there that did something bad to someone out there. But then you brought it home. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, can I do that? Can I celebrate and rejoice when a person that, that sins against me comes home to you. Can I celebrate that? Because that, that's personal. And uh, so as I was asking that question in my, in my mind and in my heart, then you, you gave what God gave to you, pray for them. Pray for them. Because and, not yeah. only did I pray for them, as I'm working through each one of them individually, I'm recognizing them by their name, and it's healing for me. Because I'm seeing them as the wounded little boy, the wounded little girl, I'm not seeing them as the perpetrator of my wounds. 
And that's the big shift that has to happen in our hearts because they need to experience Christ. They need the love of the Father. And too many times in my life's journey, and I'm sure many others, we've been the Pharisee, we've been the scribe, huh, they're drug addicts, huh, they're prostitutes. I'll never forget one time I was walking in the streets of, I believe it was Albania, and this girl gave me that look. It was nighttime, there was a bar down the road, and the look was a look of invitation, and I wept because I didn't see her as the prostitute. I saw her as God's daughter, and I said, may God bless you, and I'm going to pray for you. And there was this precious moment of an exchange where she realized, I didn't want to use her. I was truly going to pray from my heart for her, and it was powerful. So again, this journey of life, God's going to take us in our own parables, in our own stories, bring sinners into our lives to reveal where we're not truly perfected in that unconditional, eternal exchange of love that is a heart of compassion. And so for me, that's the journey. That's the journey. And, you know, I was thinking while you, while you were just sharing that, David, um, what, what a beautiful thing it is. Because first the Lord, you know, and, and it's it's twice in this story where he goes out, he goes out to his son, he runs out to his son. So he must have been looking for him, he, you know, because he's seeing him a long way off. He had to be coming out and checking every day, all every day, day. Yep. And, and all day and standing out there waiting because he runs out. And then the second son who refuses to come in, he goes out to him. So twice he goes out. And I heard earlier in the week a, a talk by... Um, by a good Catholic uh, man, and he said, "For us to be leaders, we have to be—we have to be like Jesus. We have to be like the Father. We have to go. They came out to us, and we need to go out to people. And that's when your heart is healed. Then you can share that generosity. You can share that that love. But it occurred to me when you were talking, you get, went through that short list of you know drug dealer, you know pimp, whatever, um, mass murderer." What, those people, how they've already effectively cut themselves off from God. How else are they going to get the? Is the light of God? Is the grace of God going to come through if not through you? If not through me, you know, because God goes out to all of us all the time, but not all of us are willing to listen. And because you are, because we're trying to be open to God, it also puts on us the obligation that 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 from that point on, if we have to deal with those people that you're praying for it will be a completely different relationship because now you're operating from a healed heart rather than a wounded heart. You know, one of our ministries, uh, Spirit Power, was invited to go do a, do a revival in Sing Sing Prison. Oh, yeah? Yes, and so he did, and he didn't realize these men that were in prison, all dressed in silk suits with ties, were John Gotti's, like, <laughs> lieutenants. Yeah. And they sat out there, and they ended up with... Tears rolling down their face because it was a message of forgiveness, and and these guys come up to me thought, oh, baby, I'm, I'm going to be have a problem here, and they're like, thank you, these men in Sing Sing prison yeah. who knows what they did. This message of love, this message of forgiveness, was given to them, and so for us, don't judge, don't condemn, 
be instruments of God's love every day and allow the Father to perfect in you which is of Christ and purge from you that which is not. Jesus, when he said, go and, and baptize all, you know, starting here locally, go into the cities. He didn't say, go to the church, <laughs> go, to the, go to this parish. Go, he, yeah. go out. Like, don't wait for people to come, right? Go out. Go out into the world. And, and I, just, I just put something here, Tom, as you were sharing, uh, bring them to Jesus versus bringing Jesus to them. I think a lot of times we want to bring people to Jesus and like, you know, get people to Jesus. And but we need to bring Jesus to them in mm-hmm. us. Yeah, right. that we need to be filled up, you know, in our prayer and <laughs> our time with the Lord. Let Him fill us with Him, and then we go outward. Right? We don't wait for people to come to the church buildings. We go out and and bring Jesus to them at the yeah. local minute mark. In the in the tra- in traffic you're in, it doesn't matter when per- people persecute you. It's unbelievable. The other thing that really grabbed me about this, Rob, is is the beginning part. Imagine the beginning part. God the Father, He gives all of us equally our share of the inheritance, and allows us the gift of free will to go and to do. He gives us to His Son, who goes out and squanders it. You know, and his, his brother says, you know, in prostitutes and in illicit whatever, the Father allows each of us to go out with our own free will on our own journeys because it wasn't until that son took that journey and he hit rock bottom that he turned back and remembered the love of the Father, the goodness of the Father, and was drawn back to him. That's why tax collectors and sinners were drawn to Christ because they went into the world and that world didn't fill them. It didn't fill the great ache of the heart, which which is that relationship with the Lord. It didn't fill it. It's like drinking, drinking salt water. Mm. Think you're going to quench your thirst. It ends up killing you. So for me, this is powerful in my own life. You know, as sons or daughters, when they choose to go out in their own journeys, you know, I want to keep telling them how wrong they are, how much they should be corrected, how this. How, stop. We don't read that. The Father doesn't do that because their story, their life's journey, no matter how hard it is, but always for us, we're the Father. We're praying. We're looking for that opportunity. We want to run out of greedom. We want to love them unconditionally. So that's our role, that prayer warrior behind them. But their stories, whatever they end up being, become their testimonies so that they can then reach out and help others. So for me, it's a, it's so difficult to let go and let God and allow children or close loved ones to go out where I know there's going to be a problem. They're going to get hurt. Yeah, I think sometimes we might fall into like the, the zero-sum game uh, where it's, God is limited, like his grace is limited, his his blessings are limited, and you know if I if if all these people get blessed, there's gonna be less blessing for me. That you know God is there's no limit, there's no limit, there's no limit. So you know the the highest virtue they're saying saints say is to truly be happy, to truly from the bottom of your heart be happy for the success and the blessings of others. 
you know, that's like the highest level of virtue that, that you're truly. So to rejoice and be glad over someone coming home, and that's the greatest blessing. Someone coming home to God is the greatest blessing that they finally say yes to the Lord and, uh, and they're, they're living their life, you know, for him. That's the greatest blessing. So can we truly be happy knowing that God is going to bless us too? It's, 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 it's not, it's not a, a limited pie. <laughs> you know, there, it's not like if you get a piece, I'm not going to get a piece. You know, God has blessings for everyone. Wow. And you know, this, 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 as we keep reading this, it keeps speaking to my heart, but twice in here, it shows us what true contrition of the heart is. You see, to just say, oh, hey, I sinned against you, Father, I'm sorry, you know, or just go to confession, I'm good to go. No, 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 no. We'd have to have contrition of the heart. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. This isn't only an acknowledgement to God the Father, it's an acknowledgement to the person we sinned. And I will tell you what, the Lord has taken me on such a journey to learn that because it's quoted again down here, acknowledging that we have wounded and hurt God our Father, and that we're not worthy to be his son anymore. Because then God says, whoa, let me tell you what, I see the contrition in your heart. I see those tears rolling down your face. Come here, son. Let me give you a big hug. Let me robe you. Let me clothe you. Come on into the feast. But it's also contrition of heart to that person. I've asked God to help me make <laughs> contrition to people that I've hurt. And he hears those prayers. And I'll see this person here and this person here and this person here. And it was amazing. One time I was down at Chuck E. Cheese, and this one man who quit quit my job and and, uh, and and went to work for somebody else, he told everybody how great of a job he had now and how bad it was here. In fact, he put it on public radio. This public radio station would take would play the song, Take This Job and Shove It. I ain't working there no more. And they would they just tore my company apart. And I carried a unforgiveness for this man. So I see him at Chuck E. Cheese with his two little children. And the Lord's like, you asked me to bring him to you. Hmm. Get up, go, and make amends. I'm like, well, I can't really do this on my own. So would you give me your Holy Spirit so I can go over there and make amends? Because he used to be a family friend. And it was pre and prepare his heart to receive it. It was precious. We ended up watery eyes, big hugs. It was precious. So see, it's not just contrition with the Father but also contrition, whether they accept or reject it, with the ones we've hurt. There's a, there's a CD, I think, that we've had in our, in our displays by Bishop Barron that talks about, back when he was Father Barron, it talks about this parable. And one thing I remember that really stands out, and you're kind of touching on it, David, is this idea of that, this idea that both of the sons have that somehow or another they deserve the father's love or they or they forfeit that and they lose it and and bishop Barron said that they that both have that make are making the same mistake they're both seeing their father's love as a transaction in other words if i'm good then you'll love me <laughs> and if i'm not good then you won't love me or you shouldn't love me and the father's got a completely different message here he says look I know I, I treated you a certain way when you were growing up. I had to teach you responsibility. You had to understand that, you know, when you do th good things, you're going to get praised. When you don't do, when you do irresponsible things, you're going to, but that's not how father's love works. In the end, if you screw up, 
you can always come home. You always have you always have your father's love. In fact, if you do go off, and the other interesting thing I remember, I always remember, he said it's a tra- it's we translated a distant country, but he said in the Greek it can also be termed the great wasteland. Like we wander off into the great wasteland. I mean, we've all been there. We've all gotten into situations <laughs> or you know whatever where we're sinful, and then we you know we're gone for a while, and we come back, and it's like father, you know I I really and. But we tend to look at it as a transaction, like I don't really deserve it anymore. But the father doesn't look at it that way at all. Sure, we have responsibilities and things we're supposed to abide by. There are there are laws. There's ten commandments, but that isn't why God loves us. That's why He gave us the law. He didn't give us the law because you know that's the condition under which He will love us. He gave us the law because He loves us and He wants us to follow it. But when we don't follow it, He still loves us. He just wants to bring us back to it. Because it's what's good, for, it's what's best for us, and that's why Jesus gave His life, so we have life and have it abundantly. Right. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I'd rather get a gift than what I deserve. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah that, exactly. That's, that's the note I wrote right. down. We deserve justice. Right. 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 We, but God wants to give us the gift of mercy. Yeah. I mean, he like that's His desire. Like. So he doesn't even want to wait to hear the yeah. rest of your story. So, he just so, he knows it. <laughs> yeah. So, so when, when the one when the son says, "I no longer deserve to be called right," but God wants right. Okay, to. Okay, now we got that yeah, behind so us. You, Let's okay, move yeah, on. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> well, none of us deserve. Right. Right. And we, yeah. God wants to give us the gift. He wants to give us a gift of His mercy, His love, His life within us. Right. It's being in the state of grace. Like what an amazing gift that is. Through the sacrament of confession, right? We can get in that state of grace. Yep. Uh, and beautiful. the other sons work in the other side of that, saying, "I never did anything wrong. I des—I I deserve." It. And look what you're doing for him, and you never did anything like this huh. for me. And it sounds some, a little bit like pride. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I think, well, if you'd have sinned like that, you would have gotten yeah. your own fatty calf, you know. But um, you but, know, yeah, a word jumped off the page at me, and 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 I want to make sure everybody hears this word. The word is complain. Pharisees and scribes began to complain. Let me tell you what. Every time you complain, you sit in the enemy's camp. I'm going to repeat it. Every time you complain, you are sitting in the enemy's camp. It does not give life. It does not do good. It does not lift up and affirm. It is a trap of the enemy to rob and steal, to give to your present moment and to rob and steal others' gift of the present moment. So if you catch nothing else from this, remember, when you complain, I'm guilty, you are in the enemy's camp. You've taken his bait. Vegetal theologies, you know, (laughs) once once said, whenever we get to complaining for long, we must remember that complaining is wrong. You know, it it was one of the characters on the Veggie Tales uh, had had that line, and it's it's so true. It is so true, and it takes you down a road, doesn't it? It sucks the life out of you when 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 we find ourselves in those moments of complaining, and it doesn't just have to be verbalized complaining. If we're if we're complaining in our thoughts. That it just it it doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't bear good fruit. It bears some yeah. rotten fruit for sure. Um, so thank you, Dave. That's a that's that's a that's a great checkpoint. Well, and the Lord gave me the anecdote for that, and I'll give you my message on that. I'm in mass, and while I'm in mass, this priest was up there giving his homily, and I'm sitting back there, all you know, self righteous, and said, you know, Father, he really needs help. 
I said, he, he's really sarcastic sometimes. And, and I hear the still quiet voice say, well, let me ask you a question, David. When's the last time you prayed for him? And I said, Father, I don't ever pray for him. He said, but you can complain about him because I've heard you do that many, <laughs> many, many times. What good did that do? But you were the used by the enemy to spread that toxin to everyone you talked to. So instead of doing that, stop, drop, and pray for him. He needs your prayer. He's my son. Yeah, I've, I've come to a point in my life, and I wish I, I wish I could say that I always do this, but at least I recognize that when every, anything negative comes into my mind or out of my mouth, I need to go back and take a look at it because there really isn't complaining, criticizing, you know, and it's not just the individual or the group that we're offending. <laughs> it's in some ways, it's like God gives gives you these people or this person as a gift in your life. I mean, everybody comes into your life as a gift from God. He, he he's 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 a, the giver, right? And then it's like we're saying, well, that priest who's a gift to me that I'm supposed to be hearing his message. Well, you could have done better than that. You know what I mean? Like, like why, why don't you why did you send me this one? You know, why don't you give me one that really knows how to deliver a, a powerful homily? You know, and really is an offense to God at some level. And you really, if you go back and unpeel those things and to get to the core of it, it really is. I'm not happy with what you've given me. You know, and that that really is. An, and the more you think about it, you more you think I really don't want to insult God like that. That's not really what. I, th- I thought I was doing something productive, but whenever it has negative clothes on it, it, it never comes out in a, in a positive way. You can't make a, a positive out of a negative. Now, if somebody's you're talking to somebody, you could say, I think you're better than that. You know, I think you could do better than that. And, but rather than saying, you stink, you know, or your homily was lousy, I, you know, call them to something better. Call them to something, you know, more positive. And so there's a, there are ways to deliver that if you're talking to people, but whenever you start out negatively, you're going to get, and people instinctively, I respond out to, to negative feedback from people. I have to hold back when somebody says something really negative. It's just the way we're wired, you know? So why don't we just go with the way we're wired instead of against it, you know? And, you know, for me, what I've done there, Tom, is whenever what the Lord's given me as a tool is whenever someone comes to me and complains about, well, you know, he got elected, she got elected, this was said, that was said, whoa, 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 let's stop a minute. Do you mind? Let's you and I, let's let's lift them up in prayer. So now you've done two things. Number one, you've planted a seed of truth. Number two, you've heaped a beautiful prayer on that person. So ladies and gentlemen, we're called to be world changers. Let's continue to be that purgation progress so that we can purely reflect the love of the Lord in this world. God bless. Have a nice day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.